0: Thank, Thank you, you for, for joining me for me your MMA scoop.
1: This is Ray Zomo
0: The red button is recording, and you know what? I got a real special guest for you guys today. My man just answered the call in a millisecond. Eric Sama MMA, what's happening,
1: brother? What's going on, my man? How you doing, brother?
0: I'm doing Fantastic. I'm nice. Doing fantastic. Uh, this is episode 54 of the podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, we're just gonna keep rocking with it. So, you're the first like actual stoner that I've had on this podcast,
1: super stoner.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna hit my weed just because of that.
1: Yeah, I like that. That's what I like. You gotta, you know, you gotta match it. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. When you beat me to the punch, you was already prepared with the bowl and all that. I got a packet
0: and all, you know. Had the, yeah, man, you know, I was doing that right when we were getting loaded up. Yep. And you know, I bought this lazy bong. Have you ever seen a lazy bong, Eric?
1: Nah. What is, What is a lazy bong? That's a la-
0: It lays horizontally, my guy. So you know your traditional oh. bong. Oh hell no.
1: Okay, continue.
0: Yeah. When we finish, I'll show it to you on camera. Like, you know, it, a traditional bong is going to stand up vertically. It's got its yeah. base at the bottom. My bongs got like this hook thing that sits uh, kind of on the back of it. Mm-hmm. And you just lay it so that's kind of what keeps it uh, not the water from leaking out. Yeah. But uh, you just kind of lay it down, and that's how it sits. It's called a lazy
1: bong. That's fucking fire. I'm the- yeah, man. But, um, yeah, Super Stoner, big fan of MMA. And that's really just, like, my two passions in life. How long you been in the MMA, my guy? Oh, man, I've been watching MMA since uh, before puberty. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) I've been watching MMA since I was, like, 12.
0: Um, Right, so 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 you said you're 24 now. mm
1: -hmm. So right around the time where Tough 5 dropped. Like, right before the Tough Five season, I remember um, Spike TV. I don't know if you have Spike TV where you're at, but Spike yeah. TV, like, we had, um, they would do the UFC Unleashed, right, where it was, like, an hour of just, like, classic fights and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was flipping through the TV, and that caught my eye, and I noticed it was on for multiple hours, so I would just stay there for, you know, they had marathons, days at a time of just classic fights. Oh, uh, hmm. So that's what I would basically do is I would watch that for hours on end and then tough five dropped. And that's when it really, really hooked me. And I've been watching MMA ever since. Sorry, you caught me a minute. Uh You ever train, my guy? No, I'm uh, I'm looking to do some basic training, though, just because my dream uh, job is to become an MMA ref. And uh, I know it's not necessary because Mark Smith actually has no previous combat training, and he's a really good referee, but um, it's preferred. Um, yeah. It's something that I'm definitely going to look into, maybe do a bit about a year or two of some Muay Thai, some Jiu-Jitsu, and then really go forward towards the, uh, the MMA referee license.
0: Well, I'm actually glad you mentioned that. That's a uh, that's a road that's not too highly sought after, but um, that's a road that I've actually looked at myself because, you know, I'm a big fan of this sport, dude. I, I've looked at all different avenues. I know that in some way, shape, or form, I want a career in MMA, whether it be coaching, whether it be refing, whether it be judging, or whatever. I want a career in MMA, but I do know that they do prefer for you guys to have some uh, training, um, but that's that's interesting. You mentioned about Mark Smith not having training. I didn't know that.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot um. of people. He's actually a really competent ref. Like mm-hmm. I remember maybe five years ago, six years ago, when he was introduced to the UFC. <clears throat> he mm-hmm. had some, like some funny stoppages at first, but it was now looking back at it in hindsight, it's almost like he was kind of like gaining that experience on the job almost.
0: Hmm.
1: Um. Yeah, I really look at him as like him, Jason Herzog, and uh, Mark Goddard as the three best refs in the game right now.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, well, I know that you have to at least be uh, competent about the technique. So they want you to know a certain amount of throws. And all of this stuff is listed on the website. Uh, I believe Herb Dean has an academy that he does out in Vegas. Yes, and it, it really only takes like two or three weeks to get it done. Um But, you know, it's pretty extensive. They want you to know your stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've been training about five years, and there were some things on that list of things they want you to know that I didn't know. So, um, not saying that, you know, you got a long road ahead of you or anything, but you might want to get started there, brother.
1: Oh, yeah. Sorry, you called me (laughs) mid-hit. But, um. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's it's something I've, I've been looking into for a long time, and it's also like one thing that I really enjoy about MMA is not necessarily like the brutality or anything. I'm a really big fan of technique.
0: Mhm. Same. I
1: mm-hmm. love Fine. scrambles. I love watching jujitsu. I love watching clean stand up. Like mm-hmm. that's really like what gets me off on on MMA. That and uh, you know like the brutal like soccer fucking boppers fights too. Are- <laughs> but for well.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Well, no, you you mentioned something very interesting, man. Uh, I think that something about fighting makes us tap into that lizard brain because we've been fighting since the beginning of the earth. You know what I mean? My my two-year-old, three-year-old knows how to punch someone, you know, (laughs) so it's in our DNA. But what I really like about it, like you said, is that it's not so brutal to where like, I mean, I've seen some street fight videos anyway, mm-hmm. where dudes are getting curved stomped on the concrete. I mean, I'm like, oh, that don't look too good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a little bit too much for me. I like the perfect blend of of violence and be- and beauty that is in MMA.
1: Yeah, my my uh in my bio in my Twitter is uh I live for the balance of respect and violence. And mm. that's that's basically like the uh the the the, the gist of it is mm-hmm. how I look at MMA. It's like it's a perfect balance of like the violence, the respect of the techniques and the martial arts, but then it's like naturally you have to hurt somebody. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that balance.
0: Yeah, no, I do I definitely enjoy that balance. Uh that's that's I'm a little bit biased because um I die uh divert towards jujitsu. Nine okay. times out of ten. I feel okay. like most conflicts can be solved with jiu-jitsu. Of course, I'm a little bit naive, even though being a sport of MMA for as long as I have been, I feel like most encounters can be solved without necessarily hurting the person. And if you do jiu-jitsu correctly, you and your opponent can both walk away completely unscathed.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's actually always been um, Danny and Maya's thing. He said that multiple times in pre-fights or in build-ups, it's like he respects his opponents and his, his job or his goal is to get out of there with nobody getting injured. So that's really interesting. Same thing with, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that video of Ryan Hall where he had to subdue the guy who was a real belligerent in the, in the I have. restaurant. Yeah, so that's, I, I can see where, you, where you're going with that.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, there's another video where Matt Serra, you know, a world champ, a former world champion, he had to do the same thing to a guy in a casino. You know, uh, he's fully capable of smashing this guy's face into the pavement, but he chose to take mount, get risk control, let the guy kind of calm down a little bit, and figure out a way that, you know, everybody could walk away peacefully. But man, we could stay on that subject all day. Let's talk about some MMA news because today, mm-hmm. man, Kobe T. Wood. That was verbally agreed on? What do you think about that?
1: I am, um, personally, I'm a little scared for Tyron. Woo, me too. Um, Just because, and it's not even skill-based. It's all mental. Like, he looked great physically in his matchup with Usman. He looked great physically in his his last couple matchups, but you could just see that his head is just not there. Like, he Mm. wants to take zero damage and i was res- like i understand that like nobody wants to get hurt but like in this sport you have to you have to understand that that's you know part of the part of the plan sometimes mm-hmm. and i feel that ever since he he knocked out robbie and right after that, the second thompson fight he began to take this safer approach where he doesn't let his his dangerous weapons go
0: right right you're right he has he has uh Relinquished a lot of his strongest weapons that you know he has to get on the inside and land that power because he's stand he stand on the back foot. He's kind of uh, circling around the cage, stand uh, keeping his back against the fence, which is not really. I mean, it, it was a good game plan against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, I guess. Four, till too. Yeah, and it worked for Till, but when you're fighting, you know, even a remotely decent wrestler like you got against Usman, like we're going to probably see against Kobe, that's not good, man. These guys will pressure you. They'll put you up against the fence, and they're going to hit you in the process.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he has to go back to that same mentality when he's facing a wrestler that he had when he fought against Josh Koschak like where he would he would continue to pressure with the kicks forward and and he would be the aggressor in a lot of the uh, in a lot of the situations and basically play the matador like that was he was really strong at that and then using his counters which he does very well obviously he used against Till he still has those um that's that's really the game plan that I personally would love to see him get back to but at the same time you know I'm not in his mind so I can't say what's holding him back from doing that
0: yeah, no, it's it's going to be interesting, man, uh, but yeah, that, that is also my first instinct. I am scared for Mr. T. Wood, but hey, man, you know, he might go in there, put Kobe out of her, his misery, and uh, that would actually be something that we all like to see.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Who wouldn't like to see Kobe get knocked out again?
0: <laughs> yeah, man, but uh, speaking of uh, decent cards, man, we're actually in fight week, and feels kind of weird that we're in another fight week it almost feels like we can't really respect what these guys are putting themselves through in the buildup of this thing on one end I I say that but on the other end hell yeah I like fights every Saturday
1: night bring it on I feel you on that I feel like it's almost like we've got to a comical schedule of like so many fights that it feels like WWE scheduling the UFC right now. Like, but at the same time, it's really good. Like, cause there haven't really been any cards. And even the last card in which people said it wasn't gonna be that good, the Derek Lewis Olympic card, that card was a banger. That mm. card was fire. So it, there hasn't really been any bad cards yet.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, there there's been some decent cards for sure. But uh this one's probably the best one, and in my opinion, It's a little bit saturated, so you can't appreciate it. But we're going to move on past that. This is the trilogy. This is the heavyweight. This is the best heavyweight trilogy we've had ever. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Name one that's been better. You can't. You just cannot. And it's natural.
1: The only heavyweight trilogy I can think of in the UFC is Sylvia Noloski.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, you got JDS Kane.
1: Oh yes, yeah, JDSK, and I'm I'm that completely. Listen, we've been smoking. That slipped my mind. It's all good, brother. It's but yeah, that one that one is a, a crazy one as well.
0: It's all good, but hey man, but this is this it completely eclipses that. You know what I mean? Because you got Daniel Cormier, 22 and two, and those two, okay, John Jones, whatever. Stepe mielchich. No, 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 one is
1: no contest, and yeah, uh, the other one is Stepe.
0: Stipe, yes, correct. So the man, he's only lost to the guys who were the best.
1: The best, yeah. I've always said that about DC, and that's why I respect him a lot, because it's like he always has that will to continue to test himself, and he knows that like the only people that really had a chance to beat him were the goats of their respective divisions. Like that's that's insane.
0: Real shit. And, you know, a lot of people say that DC, you know, ran from Francis and Ganu and he's scared to get in there, Francis Ngannou, whatever. D- Daniel Cormier would lift Francis and Ganu off of his feet and put him on his back and Francis wouldn't be able to do a damn thing about it.
1: Yeah, it'd be a big, it'd be a big problem. <laughs> but the one thing to denounce that entire rumor is that when... Francis Ngannou had his matchup with Derek Lewis. DC already had a pre-planned retirement date. Mm. And he pushed that back to try to get that, to try to go for the double champ. Yeah. So Francis realistically was never even in his view. Mm -hmm. Like just legacy was in his view at at, at this point in, in his career. And that's pretty obvious now.
0: I don't think that there is a lose situation here uh, as a fan, you know. Uh, But, of course, you know, both of these fighters are going in there. They're putting a lot on the line, including their health. But as a fan, you either get, you know, the legacy of Daniel Cormier or you get the continuance of the greatest heavyweight of all time.
1: Yeah. I I like that. But at the same time, it's also like – there's, um, there's the, um, sorry, I just got a text. It threw me off from my, from my thoughts. It's
0: all good.
1: Um, so, the, the thing is, is that I've, I've been hearing some fans are saying that, you know, people are gonna be angry if DC wins and leaves because he's gonna be like leaving the, the fans behind and, you know, robbing them of good matchups and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, bro, this guy's like 42 he's he's done every matchup there is. Like, besides, like, the up-and-coming new generation, like, well, do you want to feed him to the Wolves again? No, just let this guy retire on a high horse, continue to do his commentating thing, and then just open up the heavyweight division again.
0: That's what they want to see. You're right. That's what they want to see. They want to see him fall down. They want to see him get knocked out by all these new guys. But it's not going to happen, man. But we'll keep it pushing. Because, uh... They actually did something right on this card, and they put Sugar Sean O'Malley on the co-main event.
1: Mhm. But there was another really big matchup on this card that got pushed down past the co-main that I I I thought it was really arguable that it could have been the co-main. Let me just double look at the Let me just double look at the card.
0: Well, they got JDS Rosenstroke That's fun. Um, and that's really about it as far as arguing for the co-main.
1: Oh yeah, you're correct. My apologies. I was thinking about a different uh, different card.
0: No, nah, you good.
1: But no, yeah, that's that's perfectly that's fine with me. Like I, I feel like it's it's a definitely a big step up because if he wins this with, with uh Cody moving down, if Aljo doesn't get the next shot, they can do Aljo Sean or you know Dana's fucking crazy. He might just throw Sean to the wolves and give him
0: straight to the champ. Well, Sugar Sean has come out and said that he's not going to fight the upper echelon of guys until he's getting paid that upper echelon of money, which I completely agree with. The man is a name. The fact that he's fighting Marlon Chito- Vera this early in his career, uh, it's kind of alarming to me. But whatever. Um, we're going to see it happen. And this is a real,
1: real test for him because Marlon Vera's is huge. hitting a stride. Yeah, he's a he's a fucking monster. Like the last person to derail him was, um, shit, I don't even remember. It was not even. It was a while back. Like he's he's a beast now. Like he's really made his.
0: Well, it's, you know, he got beat by Song Yadong back in May, but it was a decision. That was yeah. a decision.
1: That was a, that was a funny decision, if I don't recall too.
0: Yeah, Song Dong is, you know, he he's kind of another guy that's uh, on the. You got to be on the lookout for this guy.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a he's a little tank.
0: But uh, as far as Sean O'Malley going to get a title shot, I don't think that that's the route right now. Unless you're paying this guy the money, because he's not even ranked right now. Uh, although will, it's Cheeto. Yeah, Cheeto's. I don't think Cheeto's ranked either.
1: I is he not?
0: Let me check before. Uh, before somebody listening to this fact-checks me. Yeah, no, I don't believe Marlon Chito Vera is not ranked right now. So they basically are giving him a ranked fighter that's not ranked. Let's be real.
1: Yeah, to say the least. Because he's, what, 5-1 and one in his last six? Yeah. Yeah, Mar- yeah Chito, Chito's a—and he got beaten by Sonny Dong, who's another up-and-coming prospect. And it was a close fight, too so yeah it, it's man but at the same time it's like shit you seen how impressive he looked in his last outing yeah true it's, that nobody it, it's it's I, i'm kind of perplexed on the whole situation mm-hmm. cuz it's like not to not to call him not to compare him at all or, or give ties but Connor kind of did the same thing in his come up. Like, he kind of fought Dennis Seaver, then went to a title shot, and Dennis Seaver was, like, really nobody at the time.
0: Right, true.
1: It it, it really depends on the marketing. It really depends on how things work. And, you know, Dana. Dana's willing to fucking throw prospects to the wolves. He's done it to Johnny Walker, and he sank. He's done it to a a fucking Sage Northcutt. He sank. Like... He he's throwing prospects out there to see if they can hang with the elite.
0: Right. Well, the thing about Sean O'Malley is uh he's actually kind of making a living without fighting right now. Um
1: sponsor stuff.
0: Yeah, just you know, doing some gaming, selling merchandise, which is really impressive, man. That's that's not something that a lot of guys can do. So, you know, if I'm Sean O'Malley. I'm going to talk to Dana White and telling him, hey, man, I don't need to be doing this shit. But every time I fight, look at how your your views go up. So what are we talking about here?
1: Yeah, that's kind of the same uh, the same move that uh, the pulled.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, uh, Derek, er, Eric, man, I didn't even realize we already did our 20 minutes, man.
1: Shit.
0: Is there anything you desperately needed to say to the people before we get out of here?
1: Uh, follow me on Twitter at EricSama underscore MMA. I'm funny sometimes and I smoke a lot of weed.
0: Yeah, make sure you follow that guy. Do it now.